Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights, brought to you by Training Pros. When you have more projects than people, Training Pros can provide you with the right L&D consultant to start your project with confidence. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Learning Insights, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our good friends at Training Pros. Without them, we could not be sharing these stories. Today on Learning Insights, we have Michelle Berlin with Mind Body. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Lee. Nice to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn about Mind Body. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to? Sure. Uh, MindBody is a software company, and our company mission is to make sure that we're leveraging technology, and that's to improve the world of wellness and to help people to live happier and healthier lives. So and a big mission. A big mission. <laughs> that's a, a big to-do list, I'm sure, for all yeah. you folks. Uh, well, tell us about your role with the company. Sure. I am the, uh, the head of our people and culture team, and that is what some people would call human resources, but we have purposefully renamed that our function, and that was done several years ago, to represent what we focus on, and that is our the people in our organization as well as the culture. So now when you have culture in your title, and then you've elevated that to obviously an important component of what you're up to, how do you kind of mindfully and um, strategically develop a good culture? How has that happened at MindBody? Well, it is something that we've got to be purposeful about, right? Culture is really a little bit intangible, and it's based on what people believe in. And one of our uh, baselines are our core values. Our founders, Rick Stolmeyer and Blake Beltram, um, they brought that in very early into the organization. You know, they had values that, uh, that they believed in, and they wanted to create an organization where people felt that they identified with those values. And, and that, of course, has evolved over time. And our core values are weaved really throughout all steps in the employee life cycle. We use it in our hiring practice. We use it when we're looking at um, developing our talent, uh, weaving it into our learning, you know, learning and training modules. We look at it when we're thinking about promoting people, and it's a very active part of our organization. So that's one element of our culture. Another thing is that we um, are focused on how to create something where people feel, an an organization where people people feel they belong, and that it's uh, an organization where they're empowered and they can be innovative. And that has... um, some strategic pieces to it, like you said, and then we do a a whole host of things to ensure that that's happening in our company. Now, culture is one of those things that um, whether you work on it or not, it's going to happen. So it's better, I think, to have some intentionality behind it and to have some kind of uh, strategy behind it. In your organization, you're a global company. How does some of those culture, um, you know, when you're trying to create a culture, how does it translate in into different cultures? Like when you're working all around the world, how do, is it possible to create a mind-body culture that permeates anywhere you're at? Or is it something that has to be kind of tweaked for the different uh, locales that you serve? 
It's um, probably more, a little bit more of the latter of what you asked. So when we think about culture, we do want to have similar experiences, some consistency across the four uh, countries that we operate in. So we have, we operate in the United States, we have offices in the United Kingdom, we have an office in Australia and Sydney, and then we have one of our newest offices, a couple years old, is in Pune, India. And we do want to think about kind of an umbrella of how are we going to operate, how do we want to treat each other, how are we going to um, interact, and what are those expectations. And again, I'll, I'll go back to our core values. That's something that we can use in all of those locations and make sure that we're bringing people into the organization that identify with those values that are also excited about our mission and are um, you know, wanting to be involved in what we're, what we're producing as an organization. But there is, of course, we've got to think about the nuances. Even within the US, you're going to have you know, some different uh, nuances and flavors depending on what part of the US you're in. Um, and so when we expand that and think about what is it like in India, what is it like in Australia, yeah, there are tweaks. There are definitely tweaks to make them more meaningful to the employees that are there, to make sure that we're also thinking about, you know, what are, what are the cultural norms in that location or in that country. But again, I want to go back to that having that, that uh, umbrella or having that um, foundation, if you will, both, so that we make sure that our our team members are having, wherever they are, they feel like they're at mind body. Of course, that's been very um, interesting in this, in the time that we're in now where all of our team members are working from home. So now was that a big shift? Were you primarily previously and everybody go to the office kind of company and now it's pretty much everybody's remote? It was a big shift. We had about 10% of our population that we would have classified as working remote, not tied to a particular office. And so last year when, um, you know, when the pandemic heated up in the way that it did in the March timeframe, we had already been thinking about creating some additional flexibility with our work assignments, work arrangements, but we definitely accelerated that. Um, first of all, we had everybody go home because we wanted to make sure that our employees um, were safe and could protect their health. And then we started to evaluate, okay, well, when things are able to open up, and of course, you know, we keep getting more information about that as the year unfolded, but we wanted to think about how can we, um, uh, accelerate that idea of having more flexibility in the workforce, in the workplace, right? Allowing more people to work from other locations that are not necessarily the offices that we had, or some of our team members are interested in being able to come into offices, uh, to the offices some of the week, but maybe not the full five days. So we've already, I, you know, we've already communicated to our team that that will be an option, what we call a hybrid option. And then there are people that really want to be in an office full time or that have a kind of job where that's uh, that's needed for them to be in the office full time. So we we definitely pivoted and made sure that we were thinking about all those things, even though as of today, we are still not back in offices, um, all of us. Now, were there some things you had to do differently in terms of maintaining that culture and the um, kind of camaraderie of that in-person uh, experience that maybe historically had been the case pre-pandemic and it may be how did that imply uh, apply to onboarding a new employee you know even mentoring where some of those things where sometimes people were 
benefited from just being next to each other and, and kind of those serendipitous collisions that used to happen that, oh, you're working on this, I'm working on this, and all of a sudden now you have a new thing where you've got to kind of fit that into a remote environment, and that's a little tricky. Yes, we, um, like all kinds of companies around the world, right, we had to get very creative and start thinking differently um, about how to create some of those connections. We are, um, as a wellness company, focus, focused on the seven dimensions of wellness, you know, that, that social and uh, social wellness is an element of that. And that's, you know, being able to connect with people. Uh, and so we've done a number of different things. Uh, one thing that we did was make sure that we increased our communication. And that was from the top down, if you will. So we have uh, increased our, our company all hands. We are doing those every four to six weeks now. We uh, really try to hear from the organization what is most top of mind for them. You know, part of that's being able to share information, but also addressing topics that are very meaningful to the team. We, um, we looked at how we could change our learning opportunities. We're, we definitely are a company that invests in our team in terms of their development and their growth and their um, continuing to learn and, and be trained in things. And so our, our learning and development team had to think about how to uh, be able to offer certain um, classes that were more in person and then how to do that differently um, using you know, technology and not being in person. We have uh, a weekly managers meeting that we um, inserted a, you know, uh, a manager learning segment, if you will. We've been doing that on, on a monthly basis and really impressing on our managers to make sure that they're connecting with their team members. Hopefully that was already part of their practice, but, you know, being able to do that on a regular basis is really important. And not only checking in on, you know, what's the work that's happening and where are you at with your work, but also checking in on well-being and how people are doing and if they've got, if they're able to connect with the resources that they need. So those are some of the things that we did around communication and learning. Another thing is that we've, um, as a wellness company, for many years, we've done a wellness challenge and it's been a, it's kind of changed every year. It has a little bit different look and feel. Well, this year, of course, um, we weren't able to do it in person. And so our team was able to uh, pull off a virtual wellness challenge, which was really fun. Fun is also a big part of our environment. And um, it was an opportunity for us to, you know, challenge each other playfully. Uh, We were We kept that wellness challenge very open in terms of taking steps, riding your bike, uh, prepping good meals, meditating, yoga, all kinds of things could count towards the the steps or the miles that we were collectively as an organization achieving to meet. And um, and then, you know, we we did some other things to think about um, mental well-being. You know, I think many of us are aware of how that has... um, uh, has been part of our culture, but I mean, been, been part of our global culture, but is also, you know, on the rise. And so we wanted to uh, make sure that we were addressing some of those things with our team. So we, you know, we added a well-being day last year. We've added um, a volunteer day, people feeling very passionate about being able to help others that are less fortunate or help other organizations that they feel really connected to. And so those are some of the things that we've done and, and many, many more. So now, obviously, um, when you forecast into this year, uh, it's only January, so the t- 2021, 
the remote work obviously is part of that. Um, is there any other kind of workplace trends that you're keeping your eye on or that you're um, seeing kind of develop because of what we've gone through? Yeah, I would say um, the remote work is a is a big one. You know, even as I mentioned with us uh, returning to when we're able to open up offices again, when that's safe, um, you know, there'll be some transition there. And we'll need to make sure that we're thinking about how we support people that aren't in offices and we don't lose sight of people that aren't in offices. Like you said earlier, sometimes that proximity can um, give people more opportunity. And so it's really important for us to pay attention to that. You know, the recruiting side is, is um, it opens up a whole uh, other pool of candidates that we maybe weren't looking at before or didn't have access to before because we were requiring people to be in our offices. So that's exciting for us because um, our diversity priority or prioritizing diversity and inclusivity is something that we're doing. And, um, and so that opens up, you know, a bigger pool of candidates in that way. And the other thing is, um, I mentioned, you know, mental and uh, mental wellness, mental well-being, and that's something that I think we're going to see um, employers need to think even more holistically about employees. I think for a long time, you know, it was just focused only on what you did at work, and then over time, think that has, you know, has um, the, the lines have sort of blended more, if you will. And now I think as an organization, we do have to, you know, we do have to consider that whole holistic view of people that are working for us and the things that they're they're up against. You know, for example, uh, parents, of course, right now with um, with so many schools being still being closed and having to do remote learning, we wanted to provide some additional services or some additional support for parents. You know, five years ago, we might not have even considered quite that or 10 years ago, maybe I wouldn't have considered that in my in my role. But so I think that's another trend to be aware of. And those are the things that um, that are top of mind for me right now. Now, um, how are you? You mentioned the word balance earlier. How are you handling some of this kind of zoom fatigue where people are always feeling that they have to be on camera and ready to go? And that their day is kind of you know, they might have got rid of their commute, but it seems like their day just lengthened in terms of um, how available that that how easy it is to be available remotely. So their day has actually expanded because of that. How do you kind of create a balance for your employees so that they don't feel like they have to, you know, kind of be on the clock at all times? Yeah, that's a that is a that is a real challenge. Um, we've uh, done a few things and are continuing to kind of tinker with all of that. First of all, the relationship between a manager and a direct report is really the most important um, connection that somebody has in an organization in terms of how they feel and their engagement in an organization. So so giving uh, the permission, if you will, and I don't mean that in like a you know a an autocratic way, but in terms of making sure that our managers are thinking about the well-being of our team members and that they are um, creative in, in um, when they need meetings, who needs to be in meetings, how many people are in meetings. These are conversations that we've been having. Uh, we're also reintroducing, you know, kind of met best meeting practices, um, you know, like anywhere else I've ever worked, you kind of put, you know, we did some training a couple of years ago around how to do meetings very effectively. And then, you know, that sort of has loosened over time and people don't necessarily follow some of those things. So we're, you know, reintroducing that to help people be as efficient 
as they can be on, um, you know, on a screen so that we can, you know, carve down the amount of time that people are spending on it. Also encouraging managers to, you know, to make sure that that our, I call them team members, as you can tell, I'm so used to that, our employees or team members are, um, know that it's important and that they can, you know, take a lunch, un unplug from Slack, put on the, you know, put on the channel that they're out, that they're not, they're not, not checking email, not checking Slack at that time. And, and then also to encourage that people take time off. I think that's another thing that has been a challenge in this last year with, you know, not even being able to go to I don't know, wherever, San Francisco or, you know, Las Vegas or wherever it is, right? Um, people not being able to just even travel in, in the ways that they were able to before or get away for a weekend. Um, I think we've got to encourage our team members to actually unplug and take that time off. And we've been uh, reiterating that. I was in a leadership meeting yesterday, just saying the same thing, making sure that we're doing those kinds of things. Now, you mentioned that... Um kind of opening up your employees to the remote work arrangements where they can be kind of now they can live anywhere and still be part of the team that uh, you felt that that's going to help from your equity, diversity and inc inclusivity um, kind of initiatives that you guys have. Uh, are there any other kind of almost, I want to call them unintended consequences or maybe silver linings in having gone remote that, that has come up, because of the pandemic that maybe you think that can stretch beyond the pandemic? Well, I think the, you know, the, the flip side of um, being on a video conference, whether it's Zoom or something else, right, being on that on a regular basis, there is something about um, kind of leveling the playing field, if you will. Like everybody is on the same thing at the same time, right? Um, for example, I have a team where one of my direct reports is in London, and it used to be that five of us would be in a room and he would be up on a screen on a wall. Well, there was never a way that it was still, you know, that he had a like experience. So being able to work with your colleagues or, you know, peers, direct reports, whatever it is, um, I think that's one of the, you know, silver linings, if you will. And in my, you know, crystal ball, which I don't have, but, you know, pretend, I don't see that we will, um, at least at MindBody, you know, we're not going to go back to where everybody's in an office. So learning how to incorporate um, that experience is going to be really important or not losing, losing sight of that. The other thing I would say is that I think there are mixed, there's sort of mixed um, reviews around productivity uh, in this new environment, you know, I've read things where, and I've talked to other colleagues outside of MindBody who have said that they've seen some of the productivity go down because of um, some of the challenges people have working from home. And of course, I'm sure there are pockets of that at MindBody, but overall, as an organization, in terms of what we, you know, what um, the, the changes that we needed to make in 2020 from a, um, from our product development standpoint from a um, the number of people in our organization. I'm just, I'm so uh, really impressed by how the team has been able to rally and really lean in and, um, and make things happen. Uh, and, and we've been able to, you know, move much more quickly um, towards uh, rebounding in the ways that we've been able to in our market um, because of that team member commitment. So 
I think I might have lost track of your question, but hopefully that was on point. <laughs> that was very good. Thank you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Mind Body's employee resource groups. Um, how has that um, impacted maybe the culture? And ha- is there any kind of measurable results when it comes to your work in uh, EDI? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. This is a, a big part of our organization. And you know, it's been um, our what we call EDI. That's what we call it. I know other organizations call it other things, but we've been on that journey probably since the beginning, but really, again, got much more focused and intentional on it, oh, probably about four years ago. And, and that came out of a group of employees starting, you know, at the grassroots level, wanting to come together. Um, you know, people that had a commonality, wanted to meet and Kind of share their experiences, and that were that was a group of women in our in our technology and our development part of the organization. And so, in uh, 2017 was when we actually launched our first ERG, um, which was our Women in Technology. And then we added two more in 2018. We have a, a Pride group, so that serve serves our LGBTQ plus community. We have a group that focuses on veterans um, in the U.S. We have a group that focuses on um, differently abled and access, and that group is called Alliance. And then, and then just this year, they started working on this at the end of last year, but just this year we, we launched another group um, called Black Alliance, focused on our um, team members, our Black team members. Um, and then we also have a group that's called MB, Mind Body United. So right now we have six ERGs. And um, the impact to our culture is, uh, I would say, um, it's been a, a really positive impact. And there have been ebbs and flows in terms of involvement and interest and all of that. Um, but our, it, our EDI program is um, something that we're committed to. Um, it, it, each ERG has, each employee resource group has an executive sponsor. The leaders of those ERGs, um, we're very excited to have involved. You know, it's an uh, opportunity for the, us to hear from the organization in a different way. Um, we get feedback. There's some, you know, synergies and some development opportunities for them as well. And then in terms of, of impact, one of the things that we're focused on is, um, you know, increasing our representation, both um, our female representation as well as our underrepresented minorities. And so we've got a number of things that we're focused on there and we're starting to see some movement. Um, we've done a whole host of things to, um, to try to impact this area and we found that some of them have been successful and we continue to do and some of them are, you know, we tried things that maybe didn't, um, didn't work as well as we thought they would. Um, but I, um, I'm, I just feel super fortunate to be involved in an organization that's so committed to this. Um, it's been part of my professional life, and um, you know, and I've been in in people and culture, human resources for a long time. So I'm, I just, I feel very proud to work for a company who's so committed. Now, uh, regarding your ERGs, are they something that um, kind of leadership says, let's start one for this group? Or is it something that kind of goes from the grassroots up and says, hey, we would like to start a group? And then there's kind of energy from grassroots rather than from leadership. It's from the employees. It's it's really based on employee interest, employee um, passion, 
and uh, you know wanting to build um, a group that can connect. And so the process for us is, you know, typically we'll have an employee or several employees that are interested and they've either brought it to, um, to my team, to people in culture and started to have a conversation or they might connect with a particular executive and see if, you know, and try to get some guidance there. Um, we do have, we are in the process of hiring a director for our EDI program. And so that will be the conduit, that will be the person um, in our future that will uh, be the you know, person that um, a group or a, a single employee that's interested in starting an ERG could, could um, connect with. And um, so that's, it's a grassroots effort for sure. And we do want to, you know, strike some balance as well. We're, you know, our company, we have about 1500 employees in those four countries. And so, you know, to have 20 ERGs with that, that size of employees, it's too, or that number of employees will be too diluted, right? So we've got to, we want to strike some balance there, but um, it definitely comes from employee interest and passion. Well, congratulations on all the success with that. That sounds like it's uh, going extremely well for you guys. I think so. I mean, like I said, we've definitely learned some things along the way and we will continue to learn and, you know, I'll circle back to one of our core values being uh, consciously evolving. And it is something that we want to continue to focus on. We want to, you know, make improvements. And when we uh, don't, when we do something, we try something and it doesn't really uh, engage people, or maybe we have a partnership that doesn't work out as well or something like that. You know, we want to continue to to evolve and look at what we can do different and better the next time. Uh, well, you uh, recently won the Bloomberg's gender or you were included in the Bloomberg's gender equality index. Can you talk about um, first what that is for folks who don't know and why this was so important to you? Sure. Um, Bloomberg's gender equality index is uh, for public companies, and it's companies that are committed to transparency in reporting their data. So it, it was important for us because one of the ways that an organization um, can improve and can make some uh, movement and can make some progress, if you will, is to, you know, to to be able to measure what's happening, right? I mean, we're in the we're in the business world, and part of being in the business world is looking for results and looking for, you know, how do you measure what your results are? And so, um, you know, being able to apply and to or to be considered for the um, the Bloomberg GEI was really important to us. And you know, they they look at five different areas. They look at leadership and talent pipeline. They're looking at whether your um, environment, whether your company is, has an inclusive culture. Um, they do look at your, you know, your policies around preventing harassment and discrimination. Um, they're very focused on whether or not you have a brand that is, um, you know, that focuses on women as well. And then they also look at whether or not you have equal pay and gender pay parity. So I was really uh, pleased that we had the award. It was something that happened when we were public and, um, and we have moved back over into being a private company at this point. Um, so maybe some, sometime in the future, if that ever changes, we'll be able to seek that recognition again, but really still proud of the work that we did to get us to that point. 
Well, um, how could we help you? What is it that uh, MindBody needs right now? Do you need more talent, uh, more clients? What, what does it look like and how could our audience help you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, you all could help by, yes, we really would love it if you would download, if you're a consumer, if you would download our app. It's called the MindBody app and you can find that in the uh, Apple store, and I'm sorry, I'm going to blow it in the Google store. <laughs> you can tell I'm an Apple user. Um, that would be great. So if you're a consumer, please do that. If you are interested in what we're doing at MindBody and want to join our team, please go to our website and look at our current opportunities at mindbodyonline.com. Uh, look for our careers page. We are looking for talent in um, all parts of our organization. We are um, a very dynamic and collaborative and fast-paced and um, fun organization. So please consider that. Those are some of the things that you could do to help. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And that the website again is mindbodyonline.com. Is that right? That's, that's right. Um, thanks again for sharing your story today. Uh, you're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for your time. I enjoyed the conversation. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Learning Insights. And remember, this work could not be done without our good friends at Training Pros. Please support them so we can continue to share these important stories. Thank you for listening. For more information about Training Pros, visit their website at training-pros.com. Thank you.